Hey, what is up guys? This is Clay. Welcome to another very exciting video. I'm going to talk about INFJ stuff today. Today I'm going to talk about healthy versus unhealthy INFJs. I made a video uh, about four or five months ago about, it was called Being an INFJ. And that video has become by far my most popular video. And there was lots of great comments. Um, if you commented on that, thanks so much. And there was also, you know, every once in a while I get these negative people kind of showing up and leaving these comments. And I think a lot of them were sort of, I think maybe certain people are annoyed by the fact that I said that the INFJ was the rarest type. And this isn't something I made up. This is just sort of part of the whole personality theory that the INFJ is the most rare type. Around 2% to half a percent is what they say, somewhere in there. I think where people get confused is when I say the word rare, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm saying that we are special. And just because an INFJ is rare doesn't make it you know, more valuable than the others. And in a lot of ways, we have... I would say a lot of extra struggles because we're, we're a bit more rare. And that is because I think a lot of the society and culture that we live in really isn't designed for an INFJ. A lot of INFJs are basically raised by people that don't quite understand it. I think as a result, um, a lot of us have sort of ended up with a lot of insecurities. We've sort of had to figure a lot of things out as we go. It's not easy. And because of that, I think a lot of us are unhealthy or at least have some unhealthy behaviors. It's, it's pretty rare to meet an INFJ who's really got it all together. A lot of us are kind of like we have these amazing strengths. This is something I've just noticed. A lot of us have these amazing strengths, but then on the other hand, these weaknesses. And we're kind of battling between these two things all the time. Um, and I, I suspect that maybe the people that are letting their weaknesses win sort of slide into this unhealthy state. Um, the people that are kind of working on these things and have kind of figured a few things out are more on the healthy side. Um, I think we all have the potential to become healthy. I want us all to become healthy because I think if an INFJ is doing what they're supposed to be doing, I think it can be a really amazing human being. An INFJ that has sort of slid into the unhealthy side of things uh, you know, it's just basically a bunch of wasted potential, in my opinion. You know, we can become super paranoid. We can become toxic. We can basically alienate people. It's not good when we get unhealthy. So I'm going to talk about eight things today that I've kind of come up with, come kind of noticed from my own friends. I have a few INFJ friends. Also, have met a number of people over the internet now that are INFJs. So I wanted to point out kind of eight of the main differences that I've seen that, that might kind of differentiate a healthy versus unhealthy INFJ. So the first thing I want to talk about here is healthy INFJs seem to kind of know who they are a little bit and what they stand for. And unhealthy INFJs, to be honest, really have no idea who they are, no idea what they stand for. And they're kind of just attached to other people or groups for a lot of their value and belonging and self-worth. And why is that? INFJs, our second cognitive function is extroverted feeling. And that basically means that we're better at reading other people's emotions and feelings and almost feeling their feelings and empathizing with them than we are at actually decoding our own feelings. 
And to a lot of people, I think that sounds really strange, especially people that have introverted feeling in their cognitive functions, maybe the top four functions, like an INFP, for example, dominant function is introverted feeling. So that is a massive difference between an INFJ and an INFP. It seems to me that a lot of INFJs struggle with really knowing how they feel, knowing who they are. And it's like this constant battle between, it's like you're trying to push other, other people's feelings away to not overwhelm you. So I think a healthy INFJ is almost able to manage that contradiction between other people's feelings and still knowing your own feelings and able to sort of know who you are. So I think a lot of this comes from our dominant function being introverted intuition, which is kind of our driving factor. That is an INFJ's main strength is introverted intuition. And I've noticed that a lot of INFJs, it's weak. And so that's a bad place to be in as an INFJ, your introverted intuition. I went into this actually on my other INFJ video. So for more info, go watch that. I start talk about the top four cognitive functions. But if your introverted intuition is weak, you kind of just become this extroverted feeler. And that means you can become a people pleaser and you can be easily manipulated by people. And you're just walking around kind of craving other people's good opinions of you. You're kind of just riding their emotions and feelings. And so the end result of that is you can kind of be molded into a certain type of person almost without your knowing. It's like, you're like, yes, this is who I am, but you, you don't even know that it, you were almost molded into that by somebody else. Uh, I think a healthy INFJ will have strong introverted intuition and they'll kind of have this idea of sort of who they are or who they want to be and what they're working towards. And they'll be able to actually resist that pressure, that extroverted feeling, other people's emotions coming at you. And you, you can almost, I mean, what is empathy? I think it's sort of feeling other people's feelings and emotions. And I don't think that any INFJ will ever be able to get away from that. I don't think they should. That's a, a real strength. Empathy is an amazing feature of an INFJ. But a healthy INFJ won't let it overwhelm them to the point of sliding into toxic behavior or not even knowing who you are. So as an aside, one thing that's interesting is I've seen a couple different INFPs get INFJ on the test, but then they're actually an INFP. Actually, I saw an ENFP get INFJ on the test and they turned out to be an ENFP. And one of the biggest differences I've noticed between like an INFP and an INFJ is that INFPs have this introverted feeling, that's their dominant function. And they often really have a great idea of who they are. They know their values, they know themselves, they know their feelings. And it's funny, somebody got INFJ in the test and I just asked them that question. Do you have, do you, do you feel like you really know who you are? You understand your feelings? Like you don't really waver about that? And they were like, yes, just without, without hesitating. Whereas I would have a really hard time answering that. I'd be like, to be honest, I, it's one of the biggest things I struggle with is knowing my own feelings. And I think it sounds really funny to these people. That's because they're actually an INFP. So it's actually one test you can kind of uh, try on yourself. Are you really good at knowing your own emotions? Then, you know, maybe you're an INFP, which is also an amazing personality. So I think a lot of people, they, they almost take on the identity of one personality and then they put up their blinders and they're not able to actually look at the other personalities. So that's just something kind of interesting. All right, second thing I've kind of noticed with unhealthy INFJs, and that is because we're so goal-orientated with 
introverted intuition. So basically, what is that? That makes us know what we want to do. We're, we see the path forward. We through There's all this information and data, and we kind of sorted out all these puzzle pieces, and we see the thing, and we blaze the path forward, and we have a project, and we finish that, and we move towards it. We're finishers. So I have seen with certain INFJs, it's almost like they become a little obsessed with this process to the point where they become unhealthy in it. And they're not able to actually proceed with the process as it's supposed to be because they're rushing towards the finish line. And I've seen this in relationships especially. I know one INFJ where I got into a relationship and Within a month, this, this person was feeling really confident about the relationship. Because of some insecurities, I felt like they were kind of pushing the other person just a little too hard, pushing them into that direction, like this is the path we're taking, we're going down here, we're finishing this. And this other person is sort of like, wow, this is a lot of commitment, this is a little overwhelming, and then they left. So that's just one example of how an INFJ, if you don't kind of sit back and try to enjoy the process, enjoy the moment, and work along that path and allow the people that are with you to come to their own conclusions along the way. I think that's what a healthy INFJ does in that situation. Almost allows people, tries to be in the moment a little more. Even though we're very goal, finish line driven people, you know, you allow other people the place to exist and not overwhelm them. So the third thing I want to talk about is this tendency towards INFJs to become paranoid. So this comes from NE nemesis. So NE stands for extroverted intuition. It is lower down on the stack for us. So it is not a strong thing. And that's why it is sitting in our nemesis function. So we have strong introverted intuition. Our extroverted intuition is actually way down in this nemesis spot. So any nemesis is kind of a tricky thing. If you are unhealthy, you are basically susceptible to extreme paranoia. And you'll see this a lot with INFJs and relationships. And it's sort of one of the reasons why I think INFJs kind of value loyalty and consistency so much. We kind of need that, or at least we kind of need a person if they're not loyal and consistent, we need good communication. Because if we don't have good communication, we are seeing inconsistent things with a person, we, we can basically get paranoid about this person. And then we start to come up with theories. And here's where the healthy and unhealthy thing sort of comes into play, in my opinion. Healthy NFJs can kind of keep this in check. We might still have these thoughts and become a little paranoid, but unhealthy ones can go down rabbit holes of paranoia to the point where loyalty checks. Loyalty checks are a real thing that INFJs are susceptible to if we get paranoid about a person and we're suspecting that they're not on our side or they're not loyal or they're not consistent. All of a sudden we throw out these loyalty checks. And basically it's trying to, it's almost like testing a person. Are they loyal? Let's see. Let's design a little test and throw it at them. I think it's unhealthy behavior. The thing is with unhealthy INFJs, this behavior can get really extreme to the point where it's basically toxic. So extreme loyalty testing is a sign of an unhealthy INFJ. So how can we kind of keep this in check? Don't let your any nemesis run wild. Use your logic 
Use your introverted thinking. That's another thing we're actually really good at. And don't jump to conclusions. I think that's the key. Don't go down that paranoia rabbit hole to the point where, you know, now you're loyalty testing people. That's not to say that sometimes we don't run into people that aren't loyal and aren't consistent, and that might need to be addressed. But I think where we should be doing that is with good communication. You know, some people won't let you communicate, but I think we should be communicating to people first before we kind of jump into this paranoia phase. Definitely something that I'm trying to get a handle on. So the fourth thing is healthy INFJs can kind of accept themselves, love themselves, love their work, um, accept the finished product of our work, and be okay with ourselves. Whereas unhealthy INFJs can kind of slide into this worthlessness feeling. Going back to cognitive functions, that is because INFJs have FI critic. FI is introverted feeling. It is down the stack in the critic spot. So it basically makes us extremely susceptible to feeling worthless. Um, We can get imposter syndrome really easily. So what's an example of this? Let's say there's an INFJ artist and this person's an amazing artist. Maybe they have really high standards, and so they produce some work of art. Everybody else is like, wow, that's amazing. But inside, the INFJ hates it. It's like, this is, this is garbage. I'm a worthless artist. I hate this. I'm terrible. And they kind of just slide down into this complete worthlessness state. So that's an extreme example of maybe what an unhealthy INFJ would go to. But, you know, in lesser forms, it kind of can make us nervous to start things because Oh, we suspect, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough info. Like, for example, these videos. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I haven't researched that topic enough. I'm not an expert on that topic. I can't talk about that. You know, it's this feeling like we can't start until we know everything there is to know, or we're perfectionists. It's basically perfectionism. And one thing that I've kind of learned is that my standards maybe a little too high for myself. I have to learn to accept myself sometimes. You know, I'll research a topic for a year. I probably know a thing or two about it. And I actually have to give myself some credit now and then. I think a lot of INFJs need to give themselves some credit. You're better than you think you are. A lot of other personalities, it's amazing. I'm always amazed. Um, They will say they can do things that they can't do. And then they'll figure out along the way and kind of do it. Um, An INFJ would have a very hard time with that. In order for us to commit to something, we first of all kind of feel like we have to know everything about it. That's that FI critic. It's we're worthless. We're not good. we're, We're not as good as we think. So one problem with this FI critic is now we're feeling worthless. We feel like we suck. We feel like we're not good at things that we're actually good at. You know, we're here, here, this INFJ could be an absolutely amazing person. They're walking around feeling worthless. So the problem with this is now, so INFJs can kind of become susceptible to a falsely reassuring person because they're kind of walking around almost looking for compliments, an unhealthy one. So an unhealthy INFJ needs a ton of reassurance because of this. They feel worthless. They just need everybody to be telling them all the time that they're actually worth something. So I think it's a bit of a tragedy I've definitely been susceptible to this. And what I try to do is just remember, remember the compliments, remember the things I've said to you, remember the reassurance. And it's like, you don't need to be reassured constantly about it. Just remember that person said you're 
You take really good photos. Just hold on to that and know you take good photos. Um, another thing is sometimes if we don't get any reassurance at all, it kind of can slide us into this. So I think sometimes it's important to remind our friends, our loved ones, our romantic partners that once in a while we need a little reassurance and that can be helpful to us. Um, just to remind ourselves that we are worth something. But we don't want to get to the point where we're kind of reliant on constant reassurance. And that's sort of where an unhealthy INFJ goes. So the fifth thing I want to talk about here is research and data collection. So INFJs by default have introverted thinking in their child position. That is the third thing down in the stack. That means we're actually very good thinkers. So it's kind of like introverted thinking is like unfiltered logic to the point where it's almost childlike, where we just think of things with fresh eyes all the time. And we kind of, it's what makes sense to us in our head from a logical point of view. So the problem with this function is it's not great at taking in, I don't know, extroverted thinking. It's not good at researching first. So a lot of INFJs kind of can sit around just thinking in their heads and almost overthinking. And if they don't have enough data, if they haven't done enough research, you can kind of come to the wrong conclusions for one or two, if you don't even have enough information at all to even formulate the thought or come to a conclusion, you can get into this overthinking stage where you don't have enough data. And that's basically what overthinking is. You're just kind of thinking over and over and rummaging and it's like, you're not getting anywhere. So I think where this comes from is inferior SE. So SE is extroverted sensing. It is our fourth cognitive function, and it's in the inferior spot. And for the longest time, I actually had a really hard time with understanding what this inferior SE really means. But I've learned now that inferior basically is where our fear is. So our fear kind of comes out of our extroverted sensing. So when it comes to research and stuff like that, Unhealthy INFJs, ones that aren't very good at using their extroverted sensing, which what is extroverted sensing? It's kind of using your senses and looking around you. It's like about being in the moment and looking what is out there. What have other people done? What have other people said? What is somebody saying right now? Um, it's just basically observing. So an unhealthy INFJ that's really bad at this basically isn't very good at observing other people and seeing what has worked and what is being done. So then they might not have enough information in their head to actually use their introverted thinking to come to conclusions. But a healthy INFJ will do research, will observe other people, observe other things, see what other people have said and done, and then use that information, sort of now that you have all that data, put it into your head, use your introverted thinking around that information, and you can come to some really good conclusions. So a healthy INFJ knows how to research. That's basically it. An unhealthy one won't research. They have all these ideas and theories that are just based on pure logic, and possibly they're not researched enough to actually know what they're talking about. The sixth thing I wanna talk about here also related to inferior SE, is basically performance anxiety. So something I've noticed in INFJs, I mean, I think we all sort of suffer from this a little bit, but unhealthy INFJs can have such extreme performance anxiety that they can't even really do anything while anybody's watching. It's just like they have to do everything alone. As soon as somebody's watching, 
they can't even perform and kind of will just go down the tubes. So like I said, this is sort of related to inferior SE. And in this context, what it's kind of doing is being worried about coming off poorly. It's like you want to give people a good experience. That's what sort of SE is about, other people's experience. It's because, and because it's the inferior function, and that's where the fear lies, you're kind of fearful of coming off poorly. And that's where performance anxiety comes from. You're just like, you don't want to give people a bad experience. You don't want to look bad. And so an unhealthy INFJ will kind of go down that rabbit hole. Healthy INFJ, you know, you, they've got confidence. They're able to perform and they've worked on their extroverted sensing to the point where it's not as weak as if it was neglected. So the seventh thing I want to mention here is healthy INFJs are doing jobs that they love that help people. And I think that's really important for INFJs. An unhealthy INFJ might be stuck in a job that they hate and isn't helping people. And worse, maybe is harming people. And if you are an INFJ and you are in a job that is harming people, that's a bad situation. This kind of raises the question, what should INFJs be doing for jobs? And, you know, in a lot of videos, I kind of hear like, oh, INFJs, they should just be counselors and, or doctors, like sort of these healthcare providers, sort of things like that. And, you know, I've heard that that's a great job for an INFJ, that if you love that and that's something that you really want to do, then not only are you doing something you love, but you're also helping people. So that, that's a great career. But it doesn't discount all the other great careers that I think INFJs are good for. The reality is, is that INFJs have a quite a diverse skill set. INFJs are really good at thinking, introverted thinking, really good at logic-based activities. So anything to do where there's like a logical process or problem solving, you know, any kind of like programming, or, you know, if INFJs develop their extroverted sensing and they combine that with their introverted thinking, they can become really mechanically inclined. Or, you know, there's lots of great INFJ artists. Basically what I'm saying is do something that you love, do something that you're good at, and it could be anything. My only advice is to do something that helps people. So, like, I don't know, let's say you're a programmer. Create some kind of app or software that helps people in some way. And now you're doing something that is really quite technical. And actually, that's where my background is, is actually in computer science. So I got a degree in computer science. I was a game programmer for a number of years. Now I run an online store, basically. And I do lots of programming for that. So the whole helping people thing, though, is important. Like, if you're writing software that harms people, like, say you're writing software that, like, casino software, and now people are losing money and you're sort of just generally harming society. I don't know. That's maybe not the most fulfilling thing. So it's just maybe something to think about. I just wanted to emphasize that, though, is that INFJs are good at all kinds of things. We really can do anything that we want to do. And I think that's the key. What are you interested in? What do you love? What do you want to do? Do that and then find a way to maybe help people as you go. So the last thing I'm going to talk about here with INFJs is related to TE, and that is extroverted thinking. So INFJs actually have TE sitting in the trickster spot, which generally means INFJs aren't great at knowing what other people think. So what does that mean? This kind of can manifest in a number of different ways, but I think 
a few really good examples is we're not really great at bookkeeping um, or showing our work or, you know, doing spreadsheets or putting together a big thing of data, uh, a package of data to give to people. You know, it's one thing I've noticed with the difference between INFJs and INTJs is INTJs are quite good at this. And that's because they have extroverted thinking high up in their stack, whereas we have introverted thinking. So they're actually quite good at this stuff. Um, so, you know, I actually know a couple different chartered accountants that are INTJ. And so I don't know about you as an INFJ, but for me, I cannot imagine a worse job than trying to be a bookkeeper or an accountant and do all that stuff all day. It just, and it's sort of one of the reasons why I hire a bookkeeper. I hire lawyers to do all that stuff and all that contract stuff and keep everything organized, I guess. So another example of TE Trickster would be, you know, showing your work. And actually, I got this from listening to C.S. Joseph, and I think it's a great point. Because when I was in school, like elementary school, high school, I would think of the answer to the questions on the test. And, and if, but if you put the answer, you know, you'd get a zero because you have to show your work. So now you're spending all this time trying to, you know, write out and sort of extrovert your thinking onto this page so that this other person can see your thinking and see your process. So I think all INFJs aren't going to be really great at this, but an unhealthy INFJ might be just completely awful at this. Um, somebody who's kind of got a bit of a handle on it, has worked on it, they might still not like it. Like a healthy INFJ might still not love it, but they can kind of do it. I feel like maybe that's where I'm at at this point in my life. I'm not really great at doing bookkeeping, but can I do it? I can do it if I'm forced to, or if it's something I have to do. So in conclusion, I just kind of want to sum all these things up. I think what an INFJ needs most of all to be healthy is they need confidence. Confidence in themselves, confidence in their ideas, confidence in their intuition. And if you kind of get to a place of confidence that you know you're okay, you know you're good at what you're doing, you know you're not a bad person, you know you're not worthless. If you can get to that point, I think you'll be able to resist a lot of these problems. So for example, you're not going to turn into somebody else's doormat. You're not going to be susceptible to manipulation. And I got a bunch of videos on all these things. Um, boundaries is another thing. You're not just going to have no boundaries. You know, if you're confident, you're going to set up some boundaries and respect yourself. You know, so basically, approval-seeking behavior is really the main difference between healthy and unhealthy. Unhealthy people need constant reassurance and approval. Healthy people, you know, it's still nice to have, but it's not something that they basically live and breathe by to the point where if they don't have it, they're just a huge mess. I think we can be really amazing people. I think we have a lot to offer if we can get our acts together. I think that we can see a lot of things in society that other people don't see. Uh, I think we're really good at spotting lies. We're spo good at spotting contradictions. We're good at spotting hypocrisy. And, you know, part of noticing those types of things is we have to learn how to communicate those things so it doesn't come off in a very critical, judgmental way. Maybe that should be another thing of a healthy or unhealthy INFJ, to be honest. I'll just add a ninth one right now. 
So an unhealthy INFJ might have really poor delivery because we're going to have lots of ideas. We're going to see all kinds of things that we can fix. And if we're not careful, we can turn into these like sort of harsh, judgmental, critical people. A healthy person will have good delivery, be diplomatic, and kind of recognize like when's the right time to bring these things up? Can people handle these things? A lot of people can't handle criticism, even if it's constructive. So a healthy INFJ will kind of be able to recognize how to deliver information and when, like when's a good time. I think that's the end of the video. Hopefully this was useful. It's funny, sometimes after I do these videos, I just feel like, wow, I just rambled for like a whole bunch of time. I wonder if anybody's gonna care. I'm, I'm worthless. Any nemesis, I'm not gonna fall into that. Anyway, guys, thanks for checking out the video. Hope you liked it. Leave a comment. If you can think of any other sort of behaviors that make somebody healthy or unhealthy as an INFJ, let me know. Because to be honest, I just sort of sat down and tried to write out a bunch myself, but I'm sure there's others out there. So have a great day. Go out there, be worthwhile humans, have good confidence, know that you are a quality, productive, valuable person. See you later.